The Sons of Saturday podcast is brought to you by our friends at Main Street Pharmacy. Located right on Main Street in Blacksburg, Virginia, Main Street Pharmacy is proudly owned by a Hokie family and has been a partner of this podcast since 2020. MSP offers free delivery, curbside pickup, and vaccinations as well. If you are a student or resident in the Blacksburg area, you can always trust that at Main Street Pharmacy, you are not just a number, you are a neighbor. All right, everybody, Tuesday, July 18th. It is a beautiful, beautiful day, 10 o'clock in the morning, Central Time, 11 o'clock Eastern. And we are joined today by Coach Fontel Mines, whose official role with the Hokies is the offensive recruiting coordinator slash wide receivers coach. He hails from Richmond. He attended Hermitage High School and played for the University of Virginia. After a few years with the Chicago Bears, he began his coaching career Allen spent time at Richmond, Delaware, JMU, ECU, and ODU, including a brief stint with the Washington Redskins on the coaching side as well. Coach Mines, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. How you hey, doing? Man, I'm doing awesome. Appreciate you guys for having me. Definitely heard a lot of good things, a lot of good things, so I'm excited. Awesome. Well, let's start here in the beginning. Coming off of the season last year, when you guys all got together as a staff and you thought about what do we need to improve on on the field, what do we need to improve on in recruiting, what does the receiving room specifically need to get better at, what were the biggest priorities for you this offseason and how did you attack them? I mean, just from, from my standpoint of, you know, being responsible for the receivers, for us, we need to play better. Uh, we need to be more consistent. Uh, we need to find more playmakers and we need to find guys who can you know, which which we like to call the racers who can kind of get you out of some bad stuff. Uh, you know, the quarterback can't always be perfect. Uh, they got a lot of things in their brain that they're kind of negotiating through and working through. Uh, so we've got to be the guys that kind of step up and make plays, uh, you know, for our offense. Recruiting-wise, uh, the, the biggest thing recruiting-wise, we wanted to hold on to the guys that we had late December. Uh, we felt like we had a really good nucleus of receivers from Takai, a slot dynamic return guy to the late get that we got with Chance Fitzgerald and Aiden Green. Uh, I mean, those guys were just super, super important to us and, you know, how we wanted to continue to rebuild this room. Uh, so, you know, those were really the main two things I wanted to focus on towards the end of the season. Uh, but at the end of the day, we, you know, receiver wise, we, we, we got to play better. Coach, we, uh, we ran into Jack Hollifield and Griffin Duggan over the weekend here in Charlotte at the Luke Combs show. And they said that they were pretty fired up about some of the newcomers, specifically uh, in the bad boys wide receivers room. Uh, What should Hokie nation be expecting this fall from Daquan Felton, uh, Jay Lane and Ollie Jennings this fall? Man, listen, uh, so, so, so excited about all three of those guys for three different reasons. I mean, they're all proven, you know, at their university that came from, they've all played a ton of football, and the biggest thing that I love about all three of them is no egos. Uh, they're leaders, uh, they're mature, and they've really set the standard this summer for how you work. And, you know, you you put those guys with the mix of Stephen Gosnell and Tucker Holloway and Dewan Lofton and some older guys who 
didn't have a ton of experience and you add those guys with experience, uh, they give you another coach in the room. Um, it's, it's, it's times where I come in the receiver room and uh, they'll have their own meeting going and they're just kind of running the show. And I don't know how much you've heard just, so we had a big judge competition this summer and the top three guys in the competition caught over 11,000 passes uh, in like a four, four or five week span. Um, and I can tell you that wasn't happening last summer, you know, for a lot of different reasons, but just the expectation in the room has definitely risen. So I see him right behind you. I know you're in the wide receiver room right now. Uh, Isaiah Ford, he's a former teammate of mine, one of the best to absolutely ever attack. I know he came in, spent a little time with the wide receivers. Tucker Holloway said that he had a tremendous impact on him individually, but can you speak to what it was like to have him back in Blacksburg, the impact he had on your room, and just getting to chat with him a little bit? Priceless. Uh, priceless, man. You talk about humble, hardworking, uh, just a servant leader. Uh, he did a great job of, you know, finding his way in our room. He, he's, he was here for a week. Uh, so I think we had three practices while he was here. Uh, and he watched every single practice that we watched. Uh, with the group together, and he gave them their impact. He gave them feedback. Um, it was days he was out there on the practice fields, three or four guys working techniques, working releases. I mean, I'll even take it a step further. I, I believe Tucker Holloway went on his vacation to spend some time with him in Florida just to get some extra work. So just for me, is I, I, I want to do a really good job of making every alumni feel like they have – an opportunity to come back and help these younger guys because I think that's super, super important. I mean, they see these guys on the wall, uh, Isaiah and Andre, Andre Davis. I mean, what those guys meant to this program is is just through the roof. So if they have a chance to sit in the same meeting rooms and give them coaching points, even if it's the same coaching point I give them, sometimes it just hits a little bit different uh, from somebody who's still actively playing, who's done it, um, and they can kind of relate to those guys a little bit better. So I don't, I don't have any egos. I don't have any problem with those guys coming back and spending as much time as possible, you know, with the whole group. I, I know I already said this, but uh, we talked to Taiwan Garbett last year about the junkyard dogs on the D line. You guys got the bad boys in the receiver room. What is the culture? Describe to me the culture of the bad boys receiver room. Just swag. Just swag, arrogance, uh, confidence. You know, we want to play on the edge. We just want to play with that demeanor. Uh, you know, just like you said, just bad boys of just playing together. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, playing together and playing confident and playing with an edge. So just trying to create that edge uh, for the room. And those guys, have, you know, they've taken it and ran with it. And then, uh, you know, on the topic of, of swagger, um, who are some of the dudes? Who are some of the freaks, whether they're – in the receiver room, but also, you know, outside of your unit throughout the rest of the team? Uh, just athletically? Yeah, some of the some of the athletic freaks, some of the guys that kind of jump off the page. Um, in my room, for starters, it would probably be Xavier Bradshaw. Uh, you just talk about dynamic. You talk about speed. You talk about quickness. Uh, I mean, he, he's got it all. And, and Kyron Drones, for sure, offensively. Him and, him and Bayshaw are just freakish athletes, um, but just how big and strong Kyron is and how fast he is and how athletic he is, 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 is pretty scary. <laughs> so Defensively, I'm trying to think uh, just athletically off the charts who, who stands out. Um, 
I don't, I don't want to miss anybody. I don't want to overlook anybody uh, coming in because obviously I work a little bit closely with the uh, with the offense. So I'm gonna hold on defense. I may circle back around to that one later. So I have to ask this. I had it as the first question. I weaved it in towards the end here. Coming from a guy that loves Charlottesville, I love Charlottesville. Love going down there. Have a great time every single time. I have some good friends who graduated from UVA. Um, what is it like being on the other side of the rivalry and how has your family enjoyed being in Blacksburg? <laughs> you know, it's, it's crazy. It was a little different at first. Uh, I, I'll have to admit when I first got here, uh, my wife graduated from university of Virginia as well. Um, so both of us, and it's, and it's super crazy because my son who's three, uh, if you say, let's go, he's going to say Hokies. I think that's probably one of the first things he learned how to spell was Hokies. He goes to the daycare here over on campus. So uh, just for us, man, um, this this community has done a really good job of, you know, just being who they are, man, just being great people, uh, accepting us. Um, I can I can take any joke that anybody gives to me just about, you know, the whole UVA and Virginia Tech thing. But I've always had a, lot, a ton of respect for just this program from afar. And a lot of guys I've, I've been really good friends with. Uh, I mentioned to you guys, Xavier DB, him and I played, you know, in an all-star game together and then played against each other for four years. Uh, my best friend, Dwayne Brown, who we grew up together, uh, who I talked to about every day, you know, he just, he decided to come to Virginia Tech and I went to Virginia. So uh, just a lot of similarities to places, but very different, uh, you know, very different. Um, but we're having, a heck of a time and it's a really good experience for us um and they had their opportunity shifting over to the recruiting side i know you can't talk specifically about players that have not signed their uh nil yet or nli i hate yeah. that those are that those are so similar so but close. They haven't yeah. yet. <laughs> um so i'll go ahead and do it for you you are killing it on the recruiting path virginia tech's doing an absolutely amazing job um, I want to shout out Stephen Collier because he submitted this question. Uh, as a recruiter building out your room, what do you look for both in prospects on the field, off the field, personality? What is kind of the mold of what you're looking for? Uh, mentality would be the first thing. Um, you know, mentality, and that kind of goes hand in hand with just, you know, the bad boy slogan, just the mentality to want to be better, the, the mentality to want to do extra. Um, because, you know, everybody's going to have 15 practice in the spring, right? So who's doing the extra, right? Who's out there on the judge machine? Who's in here in the, in the meeting room watching film? We have access to so many resources, and those some guys just, quite frankly, won't take advantage of it. And some will. And the ones that do, they're going to separate themselves between being good and great. Uh, so mentality is the biggest quality that I look for. And when you talk about just on the field, just physical attributes, it would, have, it would definitely have to be what are you doing when you have the ball in your hands and what are you doing without the ball in your hands? Especially at the high school level, you may play 70 snaps, have 10 catches. Now you got 60 plays in the game. How are you impacting the game in a positive way? Right? Is it is it run blocking on the perimeter? Is it being special on special teams? Is it, you know, taking a, a hitch and going 70, right? Just trying to find different ways to impact the game. And I think I think if we finally got this room to where those guys all get along, it's, it's competitive, and it's no better way to get better than pressure and competition. Uh, so that's, you know, two things I try to push on those guys daily. You know, you guys have done a really, really good job so far 
on this 24 cycle. We're really fired up. What would you say has actually been the most challenging part uh, of this cycle so far? Um, you know, crazy enough, the, the probably the most challenging part is we sign really big classes, our first two classes here, right? We only graduate seven seniors. So this class is going to be a little bit smaller than the previous two. So just being very de deliberate on who we're targeting, who we're going after, who we're putting, not putting pressure because that's just not how we operate, but who we're recruiting the hardest. It's a ton of talent in this state. Uh, I think, I mean, we all know that. We've heard Coach Price say it a million times, and it's, and it's very true and very accurate. Uh, if we take care of the state and we win the state, uh, we, we're going to have a high success rate. So just that's probably the most difficult thing is just being able to I, I want every receiver that I can get. I might not be able to do that, right? Uh, Coach Crook, the same way. He may want four offensive linemen. Sometimes you, you may not be able to do that, uh, and then it just becomes a numbers game. How do you differ or do you differ your conversations with a high school kid to somebody who's uh, tra uh, somebody that's transferring, uh, transferring? How do you approach the transfer portal? How exactly do those conversations differ? Well, the transfer portal is a little bit unique and different because usually you can gather more information about the prospect. Um, you talk about Ollie Jennings, who I've known for his entire life. You talk about Jalen Lane, who Coach Jones has known his family for his entire life. And then you talk about Daquan Felton, whose uncle played here. Right. So just the connections and the relationships that's usually what helps you thrive in the portal and just giving you a little bit better background on who you're getting. Um, and everybody knows everybody in the college, you know, college coaching world. So it's easier just to pick up the phone and call three coaches at the same school, whether it's a strength coach, maybe academics, maybe it's a full-time coach. Hey, tell me about Ali Jennings. How was he for you academically? How was he off the field? Um, not that you can't get that same information from high school, but usually in high school, you're just dealing with just a high school coach or maybe a seven on seven coach to try to filter through some of that information. So for me, I think the biggest difference is you can get you can gain a little bit more information about the transfers than you can the high school kids. Now, the window is shorter to recruit the transfers. So you've got more time to actually get to know the high school prospects a little bit longer, but usually uh, in, in most cases, all transfers, some coach has some type of history with that kid that you're trying to target. It's a little corny, but we ask every single coach that comes on here. What okay. is your pitch on Virginia Tech? Um, when you're talking about the lifestyle, when you're talking about the culture you're building on the at the football field, the opportunity to get a degree from this institution, what is your pitch to recruits? Um, I don't know, man. I really don't. I really don't have a pitch. I just, I just, I try the best to just be myself and to be honest and to be transparent. Uh, if there's anybody that can read through BS, it's, it's the high school kids. Like, so the minute that you're trying to sell them or send some type of recruiting pitch, they can realize that. But I think this staff has done a really good job of just selling ourselves, man. Just being who we are. Uh, we've got a great leader in Coach Brian. What he, you know, what he says is is real. Being family oriented, I mean, that's super, super big for me. And you're going to hear a lot of coaches say that family, family, family. Uh, but then when you get there in the organization, it's a little bit different. Um, the fact that my wife and my son can come here on a Saturday during an official visit or Tuesday during the season and unannounced and we don't have to get permission. I mean, that's that's priceless for me. So I think 
you know, the more you have that and those parents and those recruits see that, the more that they're over at our houses, the more we take them out to eat and just spend time with them away from this building. Uh, I mean, you got to love them. I mean, you got to love them hard. You got to coach them harder. And I, I think this staff does a really good job at that. I mean, we got good people, man. We got good husbands. We got good fathers. Um, you know, kudos to Coach Pry. He's done a you know really phenomenal job of you know putting the staff together. And I'd be remiss if I didn't ask, and I know it's a different situation, but what kept you in Blacksburg? You were a, you're a hot commodity then. You're a hot commodity now, and I'm sure other programs would be really interested to have you coaching their wide receiver group and killing it on the recruiting trail as well. What kept you in Blacksburg? What what are you building towards? What do you see here in Blacksburg? What what ended up with you staying here? Uh, it's a couple things, man. Um, I've seen firsthand on the other sideline what this place can be. Um, I've seen the history. I've seen the wins. I've seen the bowl game streak. And then my wife loves it here. My wife's happy. Um, and this, you know, honestly, in short, it's, it's Brent Pry. You know, that's, that's what kept me here. Um, you talk about somebody who, who took a chance on somebody, um, a lot of reasons not to hire me. Uh, he found all the reasons to hire me and he, and, he, and he gave me an opportunity. So, you know, I'm forever grateful for that. And, you know, I, I believe in loyalty and I believe in, you know, was was right is right. Uh, you know, and I trust that guy and I trust his vision and I trust, you know, what we're doing here. Coach Mines, some may say that this is home. So we're glad to have you here in Blacksburg. <laughs> we're just going over to our rapid fire questions. Again, I ask everybody this one. If you could have dinner with four people, dead or alive, Ooh. who are those four people and where are you going to eat? Ooh, all right. Randy Moss, for sure. Jay-Z. Got to be Jay-Z and J. Cole. They're like my favorite all, um, artists. Randy Moss was my favorite player. And then um, Obama. Solid now, where, where am I going to eat? Do I have to be in Blacksburg to go to eat? Or? You can go wherever you want. You can go wherever you want. <laughs> You know, one of my favorite places to eat now is actually State 48 in Charlotte. Yes. Oh, yeah, that's a good spot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Big that's time. where we go. So those are my four. <laughs> this, one's from, uh, this one's from Hokie Hack. I love this question. Um, you're on the road, spending a lot of time in the 804. Where is your favorite place to stop and eat while you're out recruiting? Is there somewhere you're always stopping? Oh, yeah, that's easy. Southern Kitchen. If any coach has been with me to Richmond, Coach Pry. Coach Jones, Coach Price, Coach Marv, you name them. We went to Southern Kitchen to eat. Phenomenal soul food, downtown Richmond. That answers the next one. That's the best restaurant. I, the next one was best restaurant in RVA, but is there anywhere outside of RVA that you like to stop, I guess? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think I answered with the other one. If, if I'm going outside yeah. of Richmond uh, and I'm going to make my way to Charlotte, I'm going to go to State 48. There you go. There we go. You guys are – Making me hungry over here. Right before lunchtime. <laughs> You're right down the street, man. You <laughs> uh, all right. Who is the funniest wide receiver on the team? Oh, man. I got, we got, I got a room now. <laughs> now, he doesn't even realize it sometimes, but Latrell Sutton is hilarious. Uh, Bradshaw is hilarious. Ali Jennings. And then um, – just very sneaky funny would be Steve Stephen Gosnell. Love the sneaky funny. Yeah, country Steve is what they call it. <laughs> when you're out on the road, what are you listening to? We heard Jay Cole. We heard Jay-Z. Uh, who else we got in the playlist? 
You know, it depends on what the vibe is. If I've got a long trip, I'm going to go with J. Cole or Jay-Z. If i got a little bit shorter trip, I'm going to go with some type of soul, old school, classic R&B mix. Yeah, I'm usually just a playlist guy. I get on Spotify and just hit one of them playlists and go. Sometimes I just don't even listen to anything. <laughs> and then uh, the last rapid fire question. Best TV show of all time? Oh, Martin. Easy. <laughs> Absolutely. Classic. My son, I have to try to introduce my son to Martin uh, as the, the older he gets. Martin and Fresh Prince are like two classics that I grew up on. Very classic. Yeah. Letters from the Lunch Pail. These are fan-submitted uh, Twitter questions here. We got a few, and then we'll wrap up. All right, so this one is actually – I submitted this one last oh. night. <laughs> we saw Ollie Jennings in the Harvey's Chevrolet Buick ad spot uh, yeah. on YouTube, and uh, he, he we're doing ad spots on this podcast as well. Does Ollie Jennings have the potential to make it big in Hollywood? Absolutely. You talk about personality, charisma, like he's got it. He, he can talk to anybody for any amount of time. He's got it. I love this question uh, from Shelton Moss. Is the willingness to be a good perimeter blocker something that is coachable or does it have to come from the player? It's non-negotiable. If, if you're going to play in my room, you're going to block. No questions asked. So I guess it is coachable <laughs> to answer the question. <laughs> Uh, Jay Basham 89 says, Hey coach, loving what you're doing. Uh, first, I have a non-football related question. If you had to pick a superpower, what would it be? Mm, be invisible. So the week of whoever we're playing, I can go sit in their, their meeting rooms and figure out how they're going to play us. <laughs> Little uh, Bill Belichick without being invisible. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> And then uh, if you had to pick one wide receiver to take your spot in a foot race besides Cole Beck, who are you picking? Oh, Bradshaw, for sure. Bradshaw or Tucker Holloway. Last one we have here from Grant Pollock. Uh, there seems to be significant momentum with the high school coaches and their view of the program. What goes into ensuring that so many schools feel like they're being made a priority across the Commonwealth? Uh, just effort, just effort and consistency. Uh, I think that's probably one of the biggest messages that, you know, Coach Pryor made a point uh, since he took the job. And, you know, every – I mean, we have coaches' clinics where we travel. You know, we've traveled to Richmond. We've traveled to Northern Virginia. We've traveled to Virginia Beach. We've traveled to Charlotte. Uh, and just being consistent in our effort and being consistent in our message uh, of what we're doing and how we're doing it. You know, we're bringing coaches on campus and – you know, cooking steaks and, you know, just those opportunities to be with us, um, whether we're talking ball or whether we're not talking ball, to get a better feel for us personally uh, and get to know them a little bit better. Um, you know, I have a pretty good history with a lot of guys in, in Richmond. Uh, but, you know, when you get an opportunity to go to Northern Virginia and go to Charlotte and to build new connections, um, that goes a long way for those guys. Last one I have here and then we'll wrap up. You have about 15-ish days until report day for camp. How do you spend this next couple of weeks, and what are the biggest priorities for the wide receiver room uh, before we roll the ball out in uh, September? Well, I've spent my my vacation in Disney, watering my grass, chasing after my son, <laughs> and recruiting. Um, but just try to, you know, try to get back to my family and, uh, you know, spend some time in Richmond about a little bit over a week. Uh, there on some vacation and just, you know, family and friends, um, you know, especially my son and my wife, 
because once the season starts, it starts, and we're, and we're rocking and rolling. Uh, but just positionally, just for the receivers, um, I think our biggest focus is just challenging each other every day uh, to get better, find something to get better with every day. Um, the competition aspect is there. Uh, the want to is there. Um, those guys had a tremendous, tremendous summer, uh, whether it was just being able to watch film or whether it was doing extra with jugs or whether it was conditioning or whether it was routes on air with, with all the quarterbacks. I mean, those those guys have been working, man, they, and they want to win and they're putting in the work to do it. So uh, now it's just a matter of putting it all together. A masterclass from Jay-Z was the Blueprint album that came out and a masterclass from Coach Minds and the coaching staff is recruiting the footprint. You guys are doing a fantastic job. Appreciate your time, Coach Minds, and you enjoy the rest of your vacation and recruitment, and we'll talk to you again soon. I appreciate you guys, man. Thanks for having me. Hey, guys, this is Ali Jennings III, wide receiver for your Virginia Tech Hokies. When I committed to Virginia Tech football, I committed to the best. That's why I chose Harvey's GM in Radford. Why settle for less when you can have the best? Go to Harvey's GM for all of your vehicle needs. Tell them Ali sent you. That's Harvey's GM, Tyler Ave in Radford, or go to their website at harveysgm.com for more info. All right, everybody, Monday, July 17th. It is 4 o'clock Central Time because I am not in Eastern Time. I am in Pensacola, Florida, here at my brother's house. He has just moved in. So shout out to him taking this call from the living room. Um, and we are doing our Hokey Way Spotlight today, our second one. And we have a couple of new faces. Uh, we'll jump into some quick introductions right now. So first, we have the Director of Operations from the Hokey Way, Matt Sams. Matt, welcome back. Thank you for Thanks. putting this together. Uh, we also have Rebecca Meadows, who serves as the CEO for the Boys and Girls Club of Southwest Virginia. And last but not least, Sean Padula. He's a chef. He's a headband enthusiast and one of the most jacked point guards in the country. So thank you, everybody, so much for joining me. Um, we're going to start here. Rebecca, super high level um, as a CEO of the Boys and Girls Club in Southwest Virginia. Can you tell us a little bit about it? What's the mission? Tell us a little bit about the organization as a whole. Yeah. So our mission at the Boys and Girls Club is to empower young people, especially those who need us most, to reach their full potential. Um, and so we are throughout Southwest Virginia. We're here in the Roanoke Valley, the New River Valley, and all the way down to Franklin County. So we've got 11 club sites and we serve kids from 5 to 18. And how exactly did you come into the role of CEO uh, for the Boys and Girls Club? What was your involvement early on? Um, something you were passionate about? How did you come into this role? Yeah, so I've been here. This is my 12th year. Um, I went to school to be an elementary teacher. I didn't know a lot about Boys and Girls Club. I moved to Roanoke, um, heard about the club and applied for a job. And I started as a youth development staff, one of our classroom leaders, um, and then a unit director and have held a whole lot of uh, programmatic and, and leadership roles since then. Um, but it has been a blessing that I wasn't expecting. Awesome. And Matt, last time we talked on our first episode, we spoke about how um, you are looking to partner with different organizations, how you're being very intentional on that. How did you come in and come into contact with the Boys and Girls Club, eventually get started? What boxes did they check? Um, and how did you feel like you could make an impact? Yeah, so so this is one that's actually part of our original um, 
core four uh, partners that came from last year before my time at Hokie Way, actually. Um, and so we, you know, we did a request for proposals uh, last year for partners, and they were one of our first selections. Um, again, I wasn't part of that selection process, but I can speak intelligently about the Boys and Girls Club because of their mission and, and the great work they do, having worked with them in the past a bit. So it was a no-brainer. You know, they, they provide such great services and, and necessary services for for kids um, and and high school age uh, students even for our communities that that they can't get anywhere else and uh, they fill a really important void for, for after school and other things that that uh, keep kids where they should be so it's a great it's a great uh, um, organization to be partnered with and we're excited about providing them the service we are so Rebecca this is a completely new space not just for student athletes not just for people who are in the name image and likeness space but also for businesses for nonprofits for organizations um, when you were looking and you were applying to be involved with the Hokie Way, what exactly were some of the goals and the initiatives that you set out? Um, just tell us a little bit about kind of the uh, introduction and eventually you all getting involved with the Hokie Way. Yeah. So when we first started learning about the Hokie Way and it did not come to me first, I think it came through our past CEO and our development team. Um, but then when it got to me, it was such a new concept. I just couldn't even imagine this thing and um, really had to do some learning. But why it was so desirable to us, you know, one is the opportunity um, to raise awareness about our mission and to reach all these people that the athletes may be connected to and they're following that we're not connected to and to get to have our story out there to those people is a really great opportunity. Um, but then second, for our kids, it's such a cool opportunity. Um, we'll probably talk more about it, but Sean has spent some time with our kids and they're still talking about it. Um, uh, and there's so much to that. And it's just, it's really special. So Sean, from the student athlete's perspective, let's dive into your experience. Uh, as a student athlete, NIL doesn't only give you the ability to profit off of your name, image, and likeness, but also impact the community. I know you come from a huge family. Uh, how important is that for you and just walk me through your experience working with the Hokie Way, what you were specifically interested in and how they were able to kind of make that come to light. Yeah, definitely. So um, I've been very fortunate enough to, to get to connect with the Hokie Way because they've kind of facilitated me to be able to meet these kids that uh, I may not have gotten a chance to meet or interact with before. Name, image, image and likeness was a thing. Um, but the Hokie Way got me involved with the Boys and Girls Club and that uh, – that event and I, I got to talk with those kids and just talk about their day-to-day -day life um and then they got to ask me some questions that i guess they, they'd always been wondering and it was kind of cool just to interact with them because i feel like they see you as um like just like a like a person that they can't really interact with until they kind of get to the chance to talk to you on a, a personal level uh and you kind of just realize that um we're, we're both kind of similar people and um you know we, we struggle with the same things and we go through the same things on a day-to-day -day level that uh, might might make their uh, their day to day a little bit more easy, or just little, make them like a little more comfortable talking to you. And uh, for me, like like you said, I come from a really big family, so I'm I'm used to interacting with children and kids. So that part's always good to me. Uh, it kind of reminds me of home and just talking to, to younger people. So uh, I'll always take advantage of of taking talking to those kids any chance I get. So I know we're kind of in the beginning stages of this relationship, but uh, the event that I really want to double tap into was um, yourself and Jalen Lane this past May participated in the 24th annual Delta, Delta Dental Pro-Am for kids at the Roanoke Country Club. For those of you who don't know, that's the home of the For Those To Come Golf Tournament that we've had the past two years. So Sean, how was this experience for you? How did you first hear about this specific opportunity and what was that day like in general? 
Yeah, it was it was a really cool event. Um, a lot of a lot of cool people got to, not even the the kids from the boys and girls club, but just older people that I, that I had never met before. Uh, it was really cool talking to them and chatting it up. Um, but Triumph kind of put me on to the event and asked if I wanted to go out there and, and see what it was like and and get to talk to people. Um, and they kind of told me about the the kids the kids from the boys and girls club that were going to be there. Um, so it kind of just worked out perfectly for me. Uh, um, it was it was a great event. I got to, like I said, I got to talk to all these kids and they were a little nervous at first. You could tell just because that, that, that like a little social barrier. Um, but after talking to them for a couple of couple minutes, like they, they opened up and, you know, you, you get to really re, re, like interact with those kids uh, on a deeper level than just them seeing you through the TV or uh, watching you uh, from afar. So it was cool. We rode around the golf cart, watched heckle, heckled some golfers. So it was, it was cool. It was really fun. Uh, and we had, we had a great time. Rebecca, so this has been going on for for two decades now. Um, what impact did it have working with the Hokie Way, and how do you view this relationship expanding in the future? Yeah, so like you said, the golf tournament's been going on for two decades, but the Hokie Way really made it a more rich experience, I think, especially for our kids. So in the past, we've brought out a couple children. They um, do the opening drive to start the tournament and things like that. Um, but the Hokie Way really it got our message out to more folks, right? We see a lot of the same folks engaged with this event. So um, some of the work they did ahead of time was able to share our message out to more people to make more people aware. Um, It helped us get a little more press than we probably would have gotten if they weren't there. So that's really meaningful for our group. Um, And we brought more kids out because they were there and, you know, the golfers are golfing and they're kind of active. So they only have a little time to spend with the kids but the athletes were there for that purpose. And so we brought more kids out. Like Sean said, they rode around on golf carts and asked them a million questions that are all over the place. Um, and yeah, it, it made a big difference. Like I said, the kids are still talking about it. And this is really unique. Um, speaking again, usually the events that we did that were philanthropic would be isolated by team. Sean, uh, how unique is it now to be in a position where not only can you go out of your way to make an impact on something that you're specifically interested in, but also the ability to work with the Jalen Lane from football or collaborate with people from other sports as well. Yeah. I think that part was cool as well because um, I didn't really know Jalen until, until that event uh, because he transferred from East Tennessee, I believe. So uh, we were, we were chatting up too. It was like, it was like a whole like get to get get to know you party. And uh, we were just talking about our differences within our sport and what, what we've been going through. And, and some of the kids that were at the Boys and Girls Club were kind of just asking us random questions, like like what our favorite ice cream was, and it was just like it was just fun because it wasn't all sports related and it wasn't all like like they ask us or we ask them questions. It was just an interactive, fun, uh, fun, fun event. So it was cool to to engage with Jalen and like another football player from a different sport. Um, and it's kind of like I think before an image and image and likeness, we couldn't really do that. So uh, interacting with different different like sports different uh different groups is just a really cool opportunity that we weren't really used to before so last one here wrapping up and i appreciate it. i'm looking forward to hearing about all the uh awesome events that are coming up here in the future rebecca thank you so much for everybody everything that you do for southwest virginia um can you fill us in on any upcoming events that are coming up for you all or if somebody wanted to get involved directly how can they do that yeah so our next big event uh so this team has 
been, we've just had kind of a busy spot with the golf tournament and uh, NRV Gives Day and our 4th of July event that they've been supporting. And so our next one is October 10th. It's our Power of Moments experience. It's held at the Jefferson Center in Roanoke. Um, it's an evening event. And it really, it's made up of actually some podcasts this year that we're doing with different kids and, and experts in the field, whether that's mental health or uh, youth safety, that are all going to come together and share about um, how Boys and Girls Club helps bring all those elements together. So October 10th, that's our next event that we'd love to have folks out for. And it's open to anyone and free to attend. Um, and then to get involved, our website is BGC. SWVA, so Boys Girls Club Southwest Virginia, and you can uh, hop on there. Our phone numbers there, email addresses are there, um, and you just pick a person. My contacts on there, and we'd love for you to reach out and talk about ways to be involved. Awesome, Rebecca. Thank you so much for your time, Matt. Thank you so much for making stuff like this possible. Again, we will make sure to link um, Southwest Virginia Boys and Girls Club. Uh, link in the tweet and in the article that goes out. Sean, thank you so much for making a difference and making Virginia Tech look fantastic and looking forward to seeing what comes here in the future. Of course. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. to wander tripping in the sand we smoke out windows drink till we can't stand but i saw you dance like you want to in my head and all that she said is oh i know just what you're thinking to you.